1: More than once, actually. Do
0: I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there
2: you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Unspoiled, episode 362. A mini-episode where we briefly go over... HBO's Game of Thrones Season 4, Episode 3, Breaker of Chains, and we have some listener feedback. Welcome to Unspoiled. Hey. Hi, my name is Brendan.
1: My name is Natasha.
2: And we're talking about... (laughs) This so awkward. I know!
1: That's why I don't like doing the introductions, because I feel weird about it.
2: But if you are someone who just started listening, we're going to be talking about the show briefly. Yep. With the perspective of having read the entirety of the series, A Song of Ice and Fire by George Richard, Richard Martin.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I like it.
2: And, um... Uh, Please prepare yourself as such. Yeah,
1: this is spoilerific. So if you have not read the books, get out. Get out now.
2: But if you have and you're like, I I like this a lot, you should go to bandcamp.com slash unspoiled. What is it? Yeah,
1: no. It's unspoiledpodcast.bandcamp.com.
2: That one. Oh, Brendan. And we'll have a full... (laughs) Uh, A full episode where we go into all the nitties and the gritties. Yep.
1: Um, Which we haven't actually recorded yet. Usually we record this after we do the main uh, Gilded Eagle episode. But tonight we were driving home from Connecticut expecting to get home at around 930. But we were an hour later than that. So by the time we finished the episode, it was almost midnight. So we're just doing the short recap tonight. And then we're going to be recording the other the next day. So, sorry guys, but uh, it might be a little bit later up tomorrow than it usually is. But, anyway, what did so, you think of this episode? I liked it a lot. You did, okay. Out no, of how many, out of ten severed heads? Ten? Nine? Really? I really liked it. Wow, okay. That's very surprising to I me. I liked it
2: more than the episode uh,
1: previous. Wow. Okay, why?
2: Uh. Well... Stuff, like, we're post-Joffrey, right? We're in a post-Joffrey era. Right. Everything's changing. Mm -hmm. We check in on basically everybody I care about. Okay. We don't check in on some people that I don't care about.
1: I thought you didn't care about Stannis. Uh,
2: Stannis I could take or leave. I don't... Stannis being an episode doesn't make it better, but it doesn't make it worse. Okay. I feel like Theon being an episode bums me out. Okay. Um... And there's one other person who I can't remember. Bran? Oh, Bran, yeah. Those two. <laughs> those are like a, a net minus. Okay. Stannis is like a zero.
1: <laughs> okay. Poor Stannis. Um,
2: Like sometimes... No, actually, I take... Because like this Stannis... Even the Stannis stuff, I was like, Oh, I see something's happening here. I was interested. Okay. Last time Stannis stuff was like, eh, Whatever. Right. Well, Sanja likes to burn people. <laughs> big whoop. <laughs> Whatevs. But uh, we get big movements in King's Landing. We got things happening up north that are crazier than maybe expected. Right. Uh, We got a big Daenerys showstopper scene at the end where she gives a speech. Yeah. Um, And uh, Jon Snow is a nerd. (laughs) And uh, there was something else I really liked, and now I can't remember what the fuck it was. Oh, uh, I was really driving home. I was like oh, I wonder when they're going to have Sansa and Littlefinger in the boat with a crossbow. I wonder when that's going to happen. And then it was like first scene, like boom, right there. And I was like,
1: whoa, I like that. Yeah, there's a lot of people who read the books who are starting to get, they're starting to sweat a little bit because they are tearing through book, like the rest of book three and four material right now in this season. Like mm. things are happening a lot sooner than I think a lot of people expected, and so they're basically like george R. R. Martin better get his writing cap on and bust ass because it seems like a very real possibility that the show is going to catch up with him
2: well, I mean he's got like a year and a half right Two i more mean seasons
1: he's got he's got like six i mean they're gonna they're gonna have the next season start filming in like Four months, right? Three mm-hmm. months. Hopefully, what they've got will do a whole other season. I think it will, and then after that, yeah. So yeah, about a year and a half, and then how much of that f- of that sixth book? How many seasons do you think they can get out of the oh, sixth six book? Six or seven. Six in <laughs> the movie. That's the thing. I'm like, how late? Like, because if there's if there's a lot of dead weight in it, like there kind of is with Marine, things that they're gonna want to cut and stuff, it could be a problem. And so yeah, so I'm just like, a, I understand people's concern here.
2: That's true. I mean, I feel like the pages of book towards episodes of show ratio. Storm of Swords, spectacular. Two seasons, no problem. Right. Chop it up. You can you can juice all day. Yeah. You can. Put all kinds it of really sounded like there. you
1: said Jews all day
2: yeah Jews all day <laughs> <laughs> just taking care of business right uh racist yeah um but s- book four and five a lot of pages, maybe not as many episodes yeah. contained within those tomes um I don't know there's some strong hints of like some strongly divergent plots from the book in this episode though uh like what uh, Davos writing to the Iron Bank of
1: Braavos in the rhymiest plot
2: twist ever?
1: I'm not really sure that that's that divergent. I feel like it's just going to be what ticks them off to come and visit, but it's not like he's going there himself. Well, I don't know. Maybe they will do that. But. I mean,
2: it depends. If like if it's just like they send a letter and they're like, fuck off. We're going to do things that happen in the book later. That's nothing. But if they're like, yeah, why don't we send the Second Sons to help you out? Surprise, surprise. Like That's a whole different okay do things right so yeah i was uh or no the golden company not the second sons
1: oh right yeah yeah yeah. but i knew what you meant
2: um sandor was gonna join the gold company so i'm writing fan fiction for that right now (laughs) um but that i do hope that they burn through the books and then they do a couple seasons with just like a big asterisk next to it and they're like (laughs) we're kind of making this up (laughs) right and they just do the same it's like fan fiction yeah (laughs) they're like what if we did it like this season okay go back now we're gonna try it what if gandalf came? (laughs) so
1: it's like a groundhog day but a whole season of tv Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's interesting um all right i i do want to address the elephant in the room
2: what is the elephant in the room the
1: elephant in the room on the internet is that Jamie straight up raped Cersei yes what the fuck was that about I don't know I do not understand why they made that change at all
2: because they don't want us to like Jamie is that
1: it like I don't get it I don't I really like is that really why yeah I don't know because that scene
2: was like You know, there is that weird fucked up attraction between them Mm -hmm. and that he, like, needs her but doesn't like that he needs her. Right. Which, having them have sex consensually by their dead son, I think conveys pretty fucked up.
1: And in the book, it starts out with her saying, no, this is wrong, we can't, the septons, yada, yada, yada. And she's, like, pushing him off her. And he... Like starts. It seems like he's forcing her, and then all of a sudden she's like, "Do it, do it, do it, yes!" Yeah. And like asking. They don't have that part. They just straight up have her saying no, and he's just saying, "I don't care, I don't care," and he just—that's the end of the scene. Yeah. I really do not understand why they were like, "Yeah, let's leave out the part where she consents," because who cares? Like, really, guys? I don't think
2: it's because who cares. I think they're doing that on purpose. I just don't know well,
1: why. Well, I'm. I mean, I don't doubt that they're doing it on purpose, but I really, it feels like they're they must be changing the arc of their relationship quite a bit if that's what they're intending to show us.
2: I mean, it seems like they're going to be much more at odds than before, but I I, I don't know, like, because it doesn't feel right because Jamie's supposed to be kind of on this path of redemption a little bit, and yeah, like, He's doing things better, and also like he rejects Cersei. And here, if she rejects him because he raped her, that's not really him learning anything. Yeah. Or like separating himself from her. It's him doing something terrible and then being treated as you know, like unsurprisingly, if that if she right. keeps him away from her. Um and why do we need like another thing to propel Cersei like further down? paranoia and crazy town because she's going to do that
1: yeah yeah i really don't get it i really don't i'm just like and i keep trying to think of all the different directions they could go in with this and i still don't i I don't know
2: it would have been nice to get a scene in this episode of cersei after the fact just to gauge what they're doing with it i mean it also like I don't know if they're going to stretch things out, but there's the whole trial and like Cersei's very like, they don't have the blue bard or whatever the fuck thing, but they're going to have plenty of other stuff that they can do as far as presenting the evidence. Right. I assume she's going to be active in that, which isn't something if they're going to do a whole plot line where like she's been raped by her brother and like can't, don't under I don't feel like there's room to have like all this time for her to like deal with that. Right. I think they're gonna have to pretend like it didn't happen.
1: Oh uh, well or at least
2: that's not gonna slow her down from Crazyville. I guess
1: we will find out. Um
2: Yeah, that was a uh uh an unfortunate choice. I I'm think?
1: gonna give this episode a seven out of ten, by the way, since you once again didn't ask me how I liked the episode. I, you gotta get in there. I should not have to. I should have a husband who asks me the questions with the respect that I ask him the questions. But I guess I don't. Um, Yeah, I mean, there were parts that I really, really liked. The scene with Tywin and Tommen was awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, The scene with Oberyn and Tywin was awesome. Tywin was Tywin's pretty much the best thing. Yeah, he didn't have anything to do last episode just sit there and look pissed off yeah but this time he got plenty um
2: cersei didn't really have anything to
1: do this episode except look really really upset yes uh but okay the wildlings are batshit insane they're
2: wildling out
1: oh my god that was very upsetting i really hated it did you (laughs) yeah i mean like i didn't hate it like i didn't want it to be but it was just very disturbing and also it shocked me, like, you know, I knew that something bad had to happen, but the arrow through the back of the head and then for it to be eager, I was like, oh, OK, like that made me jump.
2: Yeah, I was kind of like, oh, like, finally, the wild." like, I'm not happy that they're killing these people. But I'm like, finally, Jon Snow's out of here. Like, someone's right. Money. There's not someone behind them. going, well, Maybe not. I don't want to do this. Like, let them be, you know, like, let them do fucked up shit. Like, right. So that we can get emotional about it and not have a big crybaby in the back, like, fucking everything up.
1: Um, Dario, what do you think? I think he's a zero. Yeah.
2: I did, like, I actively didn't like the other guy. Like, he gave me the skin crawls. But this guy shows up and I'm just like... Pfft it's like nap time he doesn't add anything
1: it's like i agree i didn't like the other guy and he also gave me the skin crawls but i kind of think i guess that's what dario's supposed to do right so maybe he was perfect maybe i was super wrong this guy's too ordinary
2: i feel like i've met this guy like i feel <laughs> like this guy works in a restaurant and like is a mid level manager and takes really good care of his beard but i don't buy him <laughs> as like a, a, a crazed warrior who like yeah dances with death
1: yeah agreed agreed and like I wanted to like that scene so much and like, he I has just a
2: band and he has a wife and like a two-year-old kid and like sometimes he stays out a little too late
1: <laughs> okay I wanted to like that scene but I just it was like I know that they can't have every character that's in the books I know mm. that they can't fit them all in but the whole thing with Strong Bellwas is so epically ridiculous, over-the-top amazing. And I really was looking forward to seeing it. I really, like, before I realized that they straight up were not going to have him in the story at all, mm-hmm. like, on the show. When we read that scene in the books, I remember being like, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing. It's going to be so bonkers once it's on. And they just, you know, having a couple guys, like, piss on the ground. It just doesn't have the same shock value. Not at all.
2: If they had had the old Dario do it, do you think it would have been any better?
1: I I don't know. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I think it would have been more believable if he had peed on the body. That would have been better.
2: Um, I just think, like, this guy doesn't elicit enough of a response to be that, you know, even if he pooped on him, like, I just don't... I don't know. This guy, he just—he's not bringing a lot to the role. I don't. Feel
1: yeah, like. I feel bad for the guy because it's such an awkward position to be in, where there was somebody actually playing your exact character that you're yeah. getting compared against. It's just such a strange situation.
2: No, no I'm Jario, <laughs> right? Um, I also felt like the way they struck like I felt like they want—they kept that in because it's a great visual and they wanted to keep it. But I felt like they went to the scene with her coming to Marine. And they kind of the showdown between Dario and this guy, and her speech and her like catapulting stuff. I didn't feel I, they felt like too like like once that started, I feel like we didn't need the early bit. His the fight between yeah, them. I feel like that was just there because it was in the book, and they're like, "This is gonna look awesome," but like it just didn't feel like what like once they won the fight, it was just like, "Yeah, whatever." Like there was no like, "Holy fuck, look at this!" Like
1: yeah agreed um all right well do you want to do the one minute recaps
2: Uh, now that we've done our 15 minute recap (laughs) right uh sure I I don't
1: want to do it today I don't know why like I feel ah I just like I don't I don't feel like I have the energy to bring to it tonight because of like how late it is and how long we were driving and everything I feel like I'm just gonna be like I guess things happened I don't know
2: all right. So you want to do like an, uh, a nighty nighttime
1: game? <laughs> what does that entail? <laughs> so you have to uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> wait. I led into this not knowing <laughs> what I was going to say. Um, all right. Well, in that case, since we're not going to do the recap, what are you going to have your dream and or nightmare about from this episode?
1: I'm going to have a nightmare about somebody like eating my mother in front of me and not that way, but literally <laughs> eating so her corpse. about, about the, uh, <laughs> the Oberon scene? Oh, no. Gross. Sorry. Uh, Sorry to touch Why mom. did you do it? Easter was lovely.
2: <laughs> um, that's... A- pretty good i am going to have a nightmare about the bedding situation at the mole town oh my
1: god that was awful
2: really uh gross yeah so it i'm did. gonna just dream about bugs eating my hair Ew.
1: Ugh. um also
2: i'm gonna dream about little finger whisking me away
1: Ha he's so romantic okay so some listener feedback we got an email from Brittany. Uh, She says, I've read the books up to book four and have a question about the Jon Snow parentage theory. Is this theory based solely on Ned's dreams from book one or does something happen in book five to give more credence? Did I miss something in books two to four concerning this? What is being used to back up this theory? Thank you for your help. And I really appreciate your podcast. I started listening while reading book four and you guys definitely helped me catch a lot of the small comments or political aspects of the story that I would have missed otherwise. Brittany.
2: Maybe you should read book five and figure it out.
1: Oh, shut up
2: i don't think there is anything right it's all pretty early on
1: i mean it's not in. yeah i don't think there's anything more in book i mean there's it's possible but the most most of the things that i think of there's obviously ned's fever dream there's all the different like talks about the fact that he crowned liana queen of love and beauty instead of his own wife and you know rumors about the fact that he was having sex with her or something was going on then there's the vision in the house of the undying that Daenerys has of the blue rose growing in the wall of ice which is like the bl- blue roses were Liana's flower because mm-hmm. that was the wreath that she wore as the queen of love and beauty right. and it's growing out of a wall of ice I mean that's pretty it's like really really obvious kind of
2: and wasn't there that dragon three heads
1: situation which was also a house of the undying yeah um Um, but i mean there's nothing really necessarily to tie john to that scene
2: yeah they do get a little bit more into liana stark's situation either the fourth or the fifth book with that story about the green man who goes to the tournament But that doesn't really tell us anything Mm,
1: yeah and And then there's a scene when ned is talking to Catelyn, and and he's like says something about how um because she's arguing about john again and he's like he is my blood he doesn't say he's my son. He says he's my blood. And I think that's kind of significant, too.
2: Wasn't there in one of the recap episodes a mildly bonkers conspiracy theory about how Bregar Targaryen's harp was in the crypts? Under yeah, Winterfell? yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so I guess the answer is not
1: really any evidence beyond that. But, I, um, think, I think what we just said was a bunch of evidence beyond that. What are you talking about?
2: That's true. I guess it was. <laughs> I don't know what's in the first book, but yeah, that's in the... Uh, yeah. Listen, we, you know what evidence you need? We said it so, so you <laughs> should believe us.
1: I think if you go out, like, if you search org or something, it's, it's, like, taken for granted that this is true at this point because of the number of small hints there are. It's never stated, but it's the sort of thing that, like... It's more of a bonkers theory to think that John is Ned's son at this point. Because that's just not, not how Ned rolls. It's really not. Um, okay, so yeah. But thank you, Brittany, for the email. Hopefully we helped. And uh, if not, my apologies.
2: Can I just say I feel weird saying how Ned rolls? Because he got his head chapped on. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> Spoiler alert.
1: Oh, God. Um. Okay, so the next one is from Adam. Hi, guys. I've written to you guys a few times about the Song of Ice and Fire series that you're doing your podcasts on. Oh, I'm sorry, Adam. I don't remember. Like, I've- I think I've been getting a lot of things going to spam because there have been a couple people saying like, oh, I've written before, but I didn't hear from you. And I'm like, oh, shit. Um... He says, I was just listening to your most recent one, and Brennan suggested doing the podcast on Divergent. I think this is an awful idea. I would, su- <laughs> I would suggest you not bother. The book is fine. It's just not very deep, and I've heard from many sources that the third book is absolute garbage, though I haven't bothered to ask why. The character development in the first book is at least pretty weak, as is the premise. Again, I actually like the book all right. I'd consider reading the second, but I would just suggest not bothering to do a podcast over it. Thanks, guys. Love the podcast. Adam. So I still don't
2: actually know what diversion
1: is. Yeah, Brennan, like that was totally a joke when he suggested that, which is why I think I responded with I hate you, die, (laughs) when you said it. So yeah, that was never actually something we were considering seriously at all. So do not worry.
2: After your email, I'm starting to think. I've heard the first book is pretty good. I hate you.
1: I hate you, die.
2: (laughs) It's got a bow and arrow, right? That's the one thing I know about it.
1: So the next one is from Mimi. Uh, Wait, it's from you? you uh, God,
2: I hate me. No, cut this out. Cut I'm this not out. cutting cut this it. part out.
1: Nope. Cut out. Cut
2: out. <laughs> Cancel the podcast. Oh, I'm an old dad man.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> huge fan of your podcast. You guys are the only podcast with Gilded Eagle I've ever paid for, but you're worth it. Oh, thanks, Mimi. I'm Thank sorry you so much.
2: Joke about your name.
1: Oh, yeah, that's pretty bad. You mentioned you were more inclined to do a book series next. Have you heard of Jacqueline Carey's Cushil books? They popped into my head because Natasha writes Erotica. It's a fantasy series set in an alternative Renaissance France where prostitution is a sacred profession. The story is mainly about intrigue, political maneuvering, and complicated relationships, but the main character is a highly specialized courtesan, so there's a lot of steamy bits. The series is a little polarizing. Some people feel the prose is too Baroque, but I personally give it a pass because the prose is tied so heavily to the environment and culture. Anyway, if you're curious, the first book in the main trilogy is Kushiel's Dart. I've never heard of this series. Have you? Me neither, no. Okay. Um, Um. And then another writer who's really cool is Joe Abercrombie, whose first book is The Blade Itself. He's, knowing, he's known for being a dark fantasy writer, but there's a lot of dark humor and self-aware characters so that it's less cutting you with the shards of your shattered dreams than George R. R. Martin. The Blade itself is the start of a trilogy, but he wrote three standalone novels afterwards set in the same world. The first one is Best Served Cold, which features an excellent female protagonist. Just a couple suggestions. Keep up the amazing work. Take care. Mimi
2: i've ne- never heard of either of those. i've
1: heard of joe abercrombie and he's you know come very very highly recommended but uh i have never read anything by him and the first one i have not heard of at all i would be more inclined to do joe abercrombie just in the fact that it seems like you're probably not going to be the biggest fan of reviewing a book with lots of steamy bits
2: uh well, the steamy bits and baroque prose both made me nervous yeah
1: I feel like I could do it if I were doing my own like solo book podcast, but I don't feel like that'd be.
2: Was this a challenge? Yeah, it is. Let's do it. Let's read some steamy bits right now and talk about them.
1: (laughs) I have my book that I I wrote.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I like the vegetables.
1: Oh, God. What is happening to you tonight?
2: It's late and I've been near my family and they're turning me to an old disaster. (laughs) It's
1: really true. They, th- things happen to you when you're around them. <laughs> um, okay, and so we have two more reviews, and then we will be done with this for this evening until uh, we do the big old record tomorrow. Yale. So five stars from the U.S. The Best by Captain Oswald from United States on uh, I'm about to read the date and everything. <laughs> I've listened to over 200 episodes and I figured it was about time I gave a review. I'm rereading A Song of Ice and Fire and I love having a chapter-by-chapter chapter review to go along with the books. Natasha and Brennan are a fabulous duo and are insightful and hilarious. I also love that they have legit recording equipment, which totally puts other podcasts to shame. Thank you, Captain Oswald. Thank Seriously Captain appreciate Oswald. that because we have invested some money into this uh, podcast. Yeah, sh- Shame on you, Mark Marin. There was one that I accidentally skipped from last week. Uh, five stars from the UK boom like a ice and fire bullet to the brain. <laughs> How did you skip this? By hot gogs. I started listening to Natasha and Brennan after stumbling around looking for something to fill my earphones after finishing my fourth reread of the first five books. <laughs> I'm just picturing him wandering around his room, like tripping over. Grasping his, his ears. I would highly recommend any Ice and Fire fan to check them out. The format of of analyzing each chapter one by one with Brennan's fresh take is both entertaining and informative. I only started listening recently, and I swallowed down all the juicy chunks with glee. That sounds horrifying, hot gogs. Hot gogs. P.S. I, too, thought Brennan was gay when I started, and now I'm finished. I'm certain he is. What the hell is that? What is going on? I don't... I'm not sure. The end is eagle high five for the camp mad mouse. With a thumbs up emoticon, a beer emoticon, and a smiley emoticon. Now, is
2: it camp like gay camp? Or is it like at a camp? Or like in a camp?
1: Or is it campy like goofy?
2: That's... Yeah. I don't (laughs) know. Is that what
1: you meant by gay camp? Yeah. I don't get why you're looking at me like I should know that.
2: Well, no. That's like a specific... I don't know this well, but like there's campy is like specifically there's like a genre of film like that's camp. It's both goofy and specifically gay. Oh, really? I read like an article about it. And I, think I, it. Yep, I think you just made this up. Yeah, I think
1: you're totally homophobic and being yeah, a real right.
2: jerk. And I don't like the Boy Scouts. And I think that camp is gay. <laughs>
1: Oh, and the last one is by 722611, Eagle High Five, five stars from the U.S.
2: Our first randomly generated review.
1: <laughs> As a first-time book reader, this podcast helps me catch all the plot points and political maneuvers that I would have ignored otherwise. I enjoy the hosts together, and Brennan's humor, even if I don't get the reference or the joke, combined with Natasha's reactions, always make me laugh. I can't wait for the next book, so you can continue and I can finally read with you.
0: Yay! Yay!
1: Thank you guys so much. <laughs> Thank you, seven two two six one one. 611 <laughs> uh, This is Jean Valjean, right? No. Is it? Uh, no. <laughs>
2: I'm going to dial that number on my phone and see what happens.
1: <laughs> oh, damn you, Tommy Two-Tone. Okay. <laughs> Eagle high Have five. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Unspoiled. If you would like to buy our full feature episode from the Gilded Eagle, please go to unspoiledpodcast.bandcamp.com. It's only $1. Of course, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash pod on Twitter at unspoiledshow and me personally at Natasha Writing and Brendan at Brendan from Beer. Thank you guys so much, and we will see you soon with a new episode.